You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Hello, everybody, and welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei from LawnCareBusinessSuccess.com, and this is episode number six, entitled Equipment, Commercial or Residential When Starting Out. Hello, everybody, and welcome. So today, I want to just sort of dive right into it and get into uh, whether or not um, using uh, residential equipment when starting out is okay, um, or if you need to go straight into... Uh, buying commercial equipment uh, and the expense uh, and debt that goes along with that. Um, so from uh, just uh, speaking from my experiences, um, when I uh, started out uh, just dabbling in lawn care, um, I was using just my uh, lawn 21-inch lawnmower uh, that I had uh, for my own home um, and a... Uh, cheap $99 uh, weed whacker, uh, the gas uh, and oil uh, two-cycle weed whacker, Um, and I don't even think I had a blower to start out, Um, though I think I purchased um, like a home light uh, handheld blower uh, from Home Depot at some point, Um, but um, yeah, so I did that, but it was just uh, when I was like really initially just dabbling in lawn care, wasn't, uh, doing it seriously. I had another, uh, you know, job that I went to, uh, every day. So this was just, uh, on days off that I would, uh, uh, play around and just sort of experiment, um, just from seeing uh, other lawn care businesses out there and was sort of getting interested in it. Um, so at that time I was just printing out some, uh, flyers myself on my computer and it was like crazy uh cheap you know i was advertising lawn mowing in the uh, sort of these city lots for 15 dollars, and i thought that was great but <laughs> looking back it's like are you nuts you had no idea what the heck you're talking about uh or you know no concept of making money with that um but you know thinking back you're thinking well you know i've got a lawnmower that's paid for weed whacker that's paid for that I use on my own house. Um, you know, I'm using minimal fuel. Uh, there's no, you know, business licenses or insurance. I'm just, you know, picking up some extra dough and, and mowing these lawns. And, you know, I may have had a, a job that was paying, you know, uh, $16 or $17 an hour at the time. So I thought, you know what, if I can mow up somebody's lawn for the same price, then what's the difference? Um, so like I said, at that point I was just using residential equipment. Now, when I decided to make the leap and go to, uh, buying the first, uh, the franchise, uh, of the larger lawn care business, um, part of the, uh, package that they got you when you, you bought the, the business was they gave you an equipment package. Um, and this was valued at about $15,000 of the initial cost. And the initial cost of the franchise uh, that I bought uh, at the time was $30,000. And that included um, your territory rights, uh, all your uniforms, 
um, all the um, like business cards and flyers and uh, software account, customized uh, software to use, um, and then all your equipment, including your trailer. Now, um, I'm going to get into trailers in another episode, uh, but the trailer that they uh, provided was custom built um, for all of their franchises. So it's not uh, an off the shelf trailer that you see around anywhere. It's pretty well thought out um, uh, as far as, uh, uh, you know, having a smaller contained uh, trailer with everything you sort of need with both uh, an enclosed section as well as an open section. Um, but anyways, um, so all the equipment that came with it was all, uh, commercial grade equipment. Um, there was no, uh, ride-ons though, uh, included in that. Uh, and that's mainly because, uh, uh, all these, uh, franchises are in, uh, you know, the city. Uh, so it's all smaller lots, you know, on average seven, 8,000 square feet. So you would get, uh, in that package, a Honda HRC, um, uh, mower there and, uh, the 21 inch commercial mower. Uh, and, uh, you got, um, two of the still, um, I believe they're the FS, uh, 110 or no, sorry, KM 110, uh, models. One had, uh, one came with the hedge trimming attachment and then the other one was with the, um, string whip or weed whacking attachment on it. Um, and you could optionally switch out one of those, uh, stills and get a dedicated, uh, Honda, um, uh, trimmer. I think it was a UMH 410 or something, um, like handlebar, bicycle handlebar type, uh, weed whacker trimmer. So I actually opted for that and got the, the handlebar trimmer and then kept one of the still trimmers with the, um, hedge trimming attachment. Um, the package also included, uh, still, uh, BR 500 backpack blower. Um, and that's the, uh, the model that's, uh, sort of, uh, low noise, uh, backpack model. Um, in the city I live in, there's bylaws for, uh, noise of, uh, leaf blowers and stuff. So that's why they go with that model instead of the slightly more powerful, I think it's a BR 600. Um, so, uh, and then also, um, like I mentioned, you get the trailer and then, um, a bunch of like the, a pole pruner for trees. Um, there was assorted hand tools and they were all sort of top quality, like, uh, Felco, uh, pruners and those, uh, you know, good quality wheelbarrow, um, some shovels, um, hand saws for, branches and things. Um, it was all just uh, really good quality stuff. Uh, a bunch of safety equipment included in that. Um, so at that point, um, once I started and doing uh, lawn care full-time is when I truly realized uh, the value of the commercial equipment, um, at least with the Honda mower uh, and the trimmers and such. Um, and that was because I was mowing uh, all these lawns and, um, you know, the mower just never bogged down, never gave me any issues. Um, and you know, for the few times where something would go wrong, um, I remember in particular, 
mowing a lawn and uh, started hearing a, a bunch of noise coming from underneath the mower. So I stopped and uh, flipped the mower on its side and uh, noticed that I had lost one of the bolts for the blades. Now, if you're not familiar with the Honda HRC uh, commercial mowers, they have a, a twin blade design. So there's two blades stacked on top of each other. Um, and there's two bolts, one uh, just off uh, or both sort of offset from the center, uh, one on each side of the blade um, that uh, uh, tighten the mower or attach the blades to the clutch housing. So anyways, one of the bolts had uh, come out and come loose and got lost. Um, so luckily, because of the two uh, bolt uh, design, the blades didn't fly off or anything. They just sort of slightly moved and was causing uh, the vibration and noise. Um, so here's where having the commercial uh, more and sort of a, uh enlightened moment uh, for me was that I was able to you know, drive uh, 15 minutes, you know, just pack up, drive 15 minutes or so. Uh, actually, I don't even think it took that long um, to uh, the local dealer uh, that uh, supplied all the equipment and, uh, you know, tell them that I lost the bolt and they have it in stock um, and quickly found that they had uh, a bunch of the parts for those Honda mowers in stock uh, because it was, uh, at least around here, the most popular mower being in the city most popular uh, mower that commercial um, establishments and uh, lawn care businesses use. Um, all the parts were pretty much in stock, you know, like the, the cables and spark plugs and air cleaners, uh, extra tires, uh, the little ratcheting pieces that go in the wheels uh, for the transmission to engage, um, uh, extra blades and bolts and stuff. So, you know, I quickly purchased a bolt and was back, you know, at that same property, uh, mowing within a half an hour. So, you know, very little downtime. Now, if that was me mowing with my, um, homeowner or residential equipment, and I think the one that I had was, uh, uh, an MTD model, uh, you know, that would, uh, quickly turn into weeks of downtime and I'd probably have to end up buying uh, another mower, uh, to use in the meantime while waiting for, you know, a certain bolt or something. Um, you know, I don't think, um, at least from what I've seen, uh, going to like Home Depot or something, um, it would probably be very difficult to find, uh, the same bolt with the metric thread and stuff, uh, to fit, uh, that particular mower. So it would, you know, pretty much shut down my day or at least delay it by, you know, a few hours while I go, and pick up another lawnmower to use and then try to track down bolts or order bolts that could take, you know, a few weeks to get um, for a residential brand. Um, so that's one of the major uh, benefits I have found with using uh, commercial uh, mowers um, and commercial equipment in general. And I've found this to be the case as well with... Um, uh, you know, my still trimmers, um, and chainsaws and other equipment that I've purchased over the years. Um, and the most important part of that is just, uh, having that dealer there, uh, that, uh, sells those, uh, cause they will most likely have those parts in stock. Now when buying, 
um, residential equipment, you know, if you're buying it from a big box store and such, a lot of those models, um, you know, those parts, the, the big box store isn't going to have those parts. They might have, you know, air filter or something for it because, you know, it's using a, a standard Briggs and Stratton motor or, you know, something like that. But, um, having anything else, um, will, uh, be very difficult to track down parts for. So <clears throat> that's, um, one of the uh, suggestions I would say is when starting out, um, if you can, I would say try to write off, right off the bat by, um, your commercial equipment and not even deal with residential stuff, particularly for, you know, handheld equipment like your, um, trimmer and your mower and such. Now I do, um, have a slightly different sort of take on this as far as ride on tractors and, um, zero turns and stuff go. And that's only because of, uh, what works for my business. Now, if, um, it just basically boils down to if it's the main pieces of equipment that you're using, then buy commercial. If it's just equipment that you're going to use once in a while or to supplement your other stuff, then residential uh, is fine is because you're not um, relying on it. Um, even then though, I would still go with a reputable, reputable brand. Uh, so for example, I'll sort of tell you my journey on uh, ride-ons. Now, when I started out, like I said, the equipment package included uh, this uh, 21-inch commercial mower. Um, I quickly found, though, that since I was sort of on the outskirts of my city, um, there was still the main part of the city that I lived in, but um, there was still a lot of properties that were larger, and you could encounter... Uh, corner lots and stuff that were uh, a lot larger too and quickly you know would find that um, it was getting tiresome um, push mowing these uh, lots uh, I remember one time you know being uh, new to the business and you know you wanting to pick up all your jobs and stuff that um, I quoted and got a, a job on a one acre lot and uh, only had my 21 inch mower to mower it with and uh, I still remember it took me four hours, um, to mow that property. Um, so it was doable, but obviously not very, um, uh, profitable, um, in the end. So, you know, I started thinking about getting a, uh, tractor to supplement, um, my, uh, uh, smaller commercial mower to use for the, you know, occasional large job. So, what I ended up doing, um, I believe, I just sort of got to think back here to jog my memory. Um, oh, yeah. So I started, I was looking at tractors and stuff to start and uh, did some research and started hearing about these zero turns and things. So I decided at first that I wanted a, a zero turn. So, uh, and I wanted something small. Because what I found um, in the lots that I was working in was basically that, uh, you know, you'd have a, a smaller front yard um, 
and you know all the city lots are sort of fenced off and they'd have a gate to get through to the back but then you'd have a a large you know area for a back lawn um so i wanted to be able to squeeze something through a gate um and be able to still mow a larger back lawn with so i stumbled upon a, a gravely mower zero turn and it was a 32 inch model um so i bought that to start with um and sort of did like a trial run on it for a few weeks um and i got a bagging um kit for it because all the lawns uh, in the city that i was doing um everybody expected to bag everybody was ex- you know uh, used to mowing with their 21 inch mower and collecting the grass clippings and um every week the city comes by on garbage day and people would put out their grass clippings uh, in containers for this or bags for the city to take away. So, um, I would, uh, I got the bagging kit for it. Now, um, again, here's where sort of being green and not knowing much about the industry and stuff. I just assumed, um, with that first mower and actually into the second mower, but we'll get into that in a bit, uh, with that first mower that the blades that came with it, like that's all there is. There's only, you know, whatever it comes with, you get replacement blades, but you know, kind of like your, um, what I was used to with the Honda more was that, you know, when the blades wear out or you need some extra sets, you get them, but you just get the same, you know, whatever the official, um, replacement blades were. Um, so not knowing that for the ride-ons and stuff that you could get different configurations like high lift blades and dedicated mulching blades and that the blades that came with it were sort of a three in one or a, you know, uh, do everything type blade, but not do everything very good. Um, so, you know, when using this bagging kit, all it was, was, uh, sort of the bags that go onto the back of the, the mower and the attachment for the deck and, you know, the big long tube. Um, so it worked sort of okay, but it never seemed like it had enough, um, suction to get, um, the grass fully into the bag. And it, and, and in fact, on the Gravely, the tube that came with it that went from the uh, deck to the bagging was clear. And it was like a big six or eight inch round tube and you could see through it. And I could see the grass collecting right away inside the tube. And the more grass that collected, the more, more grass would collect um, until it clogged. And I was constantly having to stop and uh, put the, uh, take it apart and, empty out the tube and you know, it was very frustrating. So I went back to the dealer and they were telling me, oh, you can get a, um, a blower attachment for it that it mounts to the deck and with a bunch of, you know, a couple of belts and stuff that go to the pulleys, you know, it sort of creates a suction or vacuum and, you know, that'll work good. But, um, what I didn't like then was if I got this blower attachment that it sort of wrecked my portability of getting through gates and stuff. Cause now you had this big attachment that was sitting on the side and it just sort of really wrecked the whole reason I got this more. So I decided to, uh, return the more, um, and was sort of, you know, still under their sort of two week period and them wanting to keep me happy. Um, I returned the more. So I started looking at other options and, uh, was like, well, you know what? Uh, that particular more at the time, I think it was around $4,000 or so. 
um, I was like, well, you know, I spent four grand and that didn't work. So, you know, I think I'm just going to get like a regular John Deere type tractor. Um, because I'm not using this thing every day. Um, or at least not for all day, every day. It's just for a few, you know, one or two houses each day. Um, so I'm going to just try a tractor. I know it's not commercial. Um, at least the ones that I was looking at because I wanted to stay on the small side again to try to squeeze through gates. Um, so I ended up, um, just going to Home Depot and they had their John Deere, um, sort of residential tractors there. And I ended up purchasing an LA, uh, 120 or sorry, an L. I don't think it was actually, it was just the 125 model at that, that year. They seem to change the, the model number each year for the same tractor. But in that time, it was a, a, a 125. It had a tw- V twin Briggs and Stratton with a 20 horsepower, um, and a 42 inch deck, um, that had the side discharge on it. Um, and again, I purchased the bagging kit for it and I believe, um, you know, I started using that, uh, I actually bought it at the end of the season. Uh, so there wasn't really much use that first, uh, uh, winter and stuff for it. But then, you know, coming that spring, I end, uh, ended up using it and, um, again, ran into sort of the same problem with bagging. Um, and although this mower was, um, a bit more versatile, um, just in the sense of, uh, deck height adjustment was super easy because it was just one handle while you're sitting on the seat, you just adjust one handle and, the deck raises and lifts um, and lowers easily uh, with the zero turn, you know, I have to sort of get off the machine and, you know, sort of adjust each corner of the uh, um, deck to get it to the height I wanted and such. Um, so, uh, but again, the bagging was an issue. And especially if the grass was a little bit moist or anything, it would really just start clogging up and making a mess. So I was like, okay, well, this isn't working. Um, and around that time I started hearing about these Walker mowers. So I was like, well, I guess, you know, going commercial for the tractor is the only way that's going to work. So, you know, I decided to uh, take the plunge after doing uh, quite a bit of research. And, uh, in 2007, I purchased a Walker, uh, and it was a MT 23 GHS model. Um, and this, these are the mowers that are zero turn as well. They've got the deck on the front. Um, and then they got the big plastic hopper in the back and, you know, everything, all these problems that I encountered, like bad bagging and stuff of grass. I thought, you know, well, this mower makes sense because it's got a vacuum already built in. Um, it's at the bottom of the tractor, um, in the center. So there's nothing sticking out the sides. Um, I, after having the, um, John Deere tractor, uh, and that model, the 125 being a 42 inch deck, which was slightly bigger than I originally wanted. I learned though that the 42 inch was fine for what I needed, that I could get it in through most yards and gates. Um, so, uh, with the Walker, I got a 42 and I was like, you know, this doesn't have side discharge and stuff. So it's even a little more compact. Um, I like the fact that the deck could lift up uh, sort of in a raised position to change blades or, or to clean the deck. And I thought that's great because with the, the Honda, um, I mow rain or shine. And in the rain, when the Honda gets clogged up, it's just a matter of flipping it to its side, cleaning out the deck and you're mowing again until, 
you know, the airflow sort of gets blocked again and, and it starts to clog. Um, so I thought with a walker, this is sort of like the equivalent to the Honda where I can just easily lift up the deck and clean it out and, and all that. Um, so, uh, and I ended up getting, um, like the removable bins, um, for the walker and the, the dealer actually, uh, when I went back to purchase the walker, uh, it was the same dealer that I had gotten the Grayley from. They actually took in, uh, even though they weren't a John Deere dealer or, or dealt with John Deere, they took in my John Deere tractor on trade, um, and let me trade it against a second deck for the walker. Uh, so I got a mulching, dedicated mulching deck for the walker. So I had a dedicated mulching deck for the walker and I had a, uh, the bagging uh, deck that came with it. Um, I also got the, uh, removable bins for the walker that fit into the back and, um, so I could collect grass into the bins and instead of dumping all the clippings into a pile, I could still remove each bin one by one to put into garbage containers or to dump into bags and stuff for the city to take away because I, I wasn't taking grass away. Um, now, the walker worked great, great for leaf cleanups, great for uh, bagging grass, even in the wet grass. It was at first working really, really good, um, but I then encountered new problems that I hadn't encountered before. And that was that for my particular case, um, living uh, in Canada on the West Coast, uh, just, um, you know, out, uh, you know, 10 minutes or so from the U.S. border, Washington border, weather is pretty much the same as Pacific Northwest, uh, and it rains. It rains a lot. It rains for probably most of the year. Um, and the city I live in, uh, has a huge clay base. So there's tons of clay, a little bit of soil on top. Uh, and that's, you know, pretty much, uh, what the ground is made up of. So what I found was, uh, with all the rain, uh, lawns are constantly saturated. Um, there's some cases where, you know, it might not rain for two weeks and you walk on somebody's lawn and you can still hear this water squishing underneath your feet, uh, through the grass. So, the problem I encountered with a walker mower in my particular case was because it was commercial and it was so well built, it was overbuilt. Um, it was very heavy. Um, so you're talking 1500 pounds or so. Uh, and then, you know, you start collecting grass into that back hopper. You have an operator sitting on it. You're probably pushing 2000 pounds, uh, when it's all said and done. And, uh, the mower would start to sink. Uh, on some lawns, uh, they just couldn't handle, uh, the weight. Um, the water would just sit. It doesn't drain, uh, because of that clay base. The water sort of just penetrates the surface of the soil, goes down a foot or two, uh, and then it just is stuck because it's clay. It doesn't let it drain any farther than that. So water just starts to build up sort of like a big bowl. And, uh, you know, you see some puddles and standing water. So on a few occasions, um, and then that, uh, the blower idea that I loved so much with the blower being in the center and bottom of the tractor, uh, also meant that there was uh, very little ground clearance with the walker mower. Um, so if you have a chance to look at a walker, you have a few inches maybe of, of ground clearance there, and then you have this blower that kind of hangs down as well. And so that coupled with the weight. So now, you know, if I'd get onto a lawn, uh, and the machine, you know, if it sunk even a little bit, that 
a blower would hang up and get caught in the dirt. And uh, then I was completely stuck. And now you're stuck in this lawn and, you know, it's zero turn. So, you you know, you hit a uh, one of the controls and, you know, the wheels just start spinning and it would dig in even deeper. And you've got this 1500 pound machine that you're trying to move and, you know, working by myself, um, that would get very difficult. Uh, luckily for me, um, the times that I did get stuck was usually along a fence line. Um, and I could use, uh, I think the worst, one of the worst times I was almost right by a fence post. So I was able to release the transmissions and, uh, push the mower on sheer adrenaline, uh, and anger, uh, with my foot propped up against a fence post, uh, trying to push myself out. And, uh, eventually with the aid of some, uh, two by fours and stuff, uh, hammering under the wheels and things, I was able to get the machine out, but you can imagine the mess that was left and, you know, you're being paid to come and beautify a lawn and make it look better. And in turn, you're taking what looked like a lawn and leaving, you know, what looked like an excavator just went through. So, um, uh, luckily, uh, the clients I had were very understanding and, and didn't blame me for it. Just blamed the poor drainage and, and stuff. So, <clears throat> Um, I tried using that more, but, um, I found more and more over the years that I stopped using it on certain properties like that or during certain days like that. So I would either have to skip lawns if they're very, very wet and too big to cut with a Honda or I'd have to go back to using the Honda. And what I quickly started to see a pattern of was that I had this um, you know, and prices, I'm just, you know, we'll give you relative prices for what, where things were worth here in Canada, but they'll be different. So by uh, where you are, but, um, so, you know, I quickly found that I was using this, um, roughly $1,300 Honda 21 inch more for 90% of the work I was doing. Yet I had this $14,000 Walker mower sitting on my trailer for that same 90% and only being used for 10%. And it sort of dawned on me after four years of going through this and getting stuck a few more times and stuff that that was crazy. As good as the Walker was uh, in dry conditions and all that, it just didn't work for me in my geographical location. Uh, so I made the decision to sell the Walker more. Uh, and I did, I, uh, ended up selling it. Um, and didn't do too bad on it. Didn't lose too much. Um, considering all things considered after four years, but that was partly because of the low hours. I think I sold it with uh, 200 hours on it, which is nothing after four years. And that sort of shows, um, the amount that I was using it. Uh, if after only four, after four years, it only had accumulated, um, that, uh, 200 hours. So in, uh, retrospect and all that sort of time, I ended up actually going back and picking up a John Deere tractor again, because all through the meantime, when I had purchased that first John Deere tractor years before, um, my brother-in-law who was also, uh, in that franchise business as well, also had purchased a, uh, the same exact same John Deere tractor and he stuck with it. 
uh, he ended up buying another tractor, a more serious John Deere one, an X300 uh, with a mulching deck. And he sort of alternated between the two and would use his John Deere uh, sort of the, the 125 model as a bagging mower uh, in nice sunny conditions and stuff. And when it was sort of wet and damp and he knew it wouldn't bag properly, he went to the X300 and used that um, and was finding success using the two. I didn't want to have uh, the two, so I, a dedicated mulching mower for me was out of the question. And the X300 for me was still a bit too big. So I decided to give um, the 125 models again another shot. And at this point, um, uh, this was 2010, um, they were now called the LA 125s and had gone to a single cylinder mower with a 21 horsepower Briggs and Stratton. Still a 42 inch uh, deck with a side discharge. Uh, but I had also researched and found that there were different blades that you could get for these things. That it wasn't just the three-in-one blades that came with it, but that you could uh, get dedicated mulching blades and even a dedicated mulching um, a kit for the the deck that actually installed baffles and stuff into the the deck uh, instead of just like a mulching plug um, covering the hole, um, and also that high lift blades were available uh, to use with the bagging kit. So I ended up purchasing all this stuff, got the bagging blades, the mulching blades, the high lift blades, uh, the bagging kit and all that stuff, and um, started trying that out, um, and it worked fantastically. Um, the high lift blades were great. The amount of suction uh, that it had, the bags always filled up great. It very rarely clogged, um, only through sort of the heaviest rain would it clog. Um, but for me, that was sort of, you know, that was acceptable because it's rain. What do you expect? Um, and then I just started to do, um, sort of kind of mimicking what my brother-in-law did with the two mowers. And I would, um, throughout the seasons, I would start off with the bagging, uh, when the growth was heavy and stuff. And, uh, bag and then once the lawn sort of slowed down in growth I would convert the deck over to mulching and just mulch all the things and the mulching kit for that more with the baffle uh, was fantastic um, it took sort of two passes it was a sort of sort of a different thing I would have to mow forward and then sort of back up and then mow the next section forward and then back up it was a bit slower but for me like I say uh, working by myself and only um, needing the tractor uh, for certain uh, properties, um, it worked fine. Now, fast forward to here we are, 2015, um, and I am still using the LA 125, and it's a residential mower, like I say, but for my individual case, because it is not the main mower that I use, I still use the Honda. Um, I'm on my second Honda HRC commercial mower that I use for 90% of uh, everything I do. Um, so uh, the tractor I bring out for those uh, uh, lawns that are just a bit big. And uh, so from 2010 to 2015, uh, my tractor has now just hit 300 hours. So again, it shows you um, uh, the amount of time that that gets. It's very, very little usage. 
Um, so in my particular case, having a very expensive, heavy commercial um, ride-on or uh, zero-turn mower just doesn't work because the most of uh, the case uses are smaller lawns that uh, require the Honda, uh, the 21-inch mower. Now, if your um, uh, mowing clients are reversed, then I would suggest the alternative and having a good commercial mower if your conditions, you know, if you're out in Texas or Arizona or something where, you know, the it's a lot drier and you don't have that rain and precipitation and the land can hold the weight of those machines and you're going to, you know, have a walker or have a, you know, a gravely or something like that. Um, or one of those, uh, or they, uh, Dixie choppers, uh, those types of things. Um, and it'll be great. And you may only have, um, you know, the reverse and use, uh, say maybe a residential Toro mower or something on your trailer for the one or two times a week, um, or once a day or whatever that you need to get in a smaller little piece of equipment and you'll have a residential for that. So I would say that if you can, uh, to concentrate on getting a commercial mower um, for your main equipment, um, but supplementing it with residential stuff. And uh, as time has gone on, I've done the same uh, with other pieces. Um, you know, my main blower is the still commercial BR500, but I also have uh, a handheld uh, blower, and it's a still uh, one of the uh, ones that have the sort of the vacuum mulching shredder attachments on it. Um, so I use that sort of, you know, if I want to shred some leaves and things. Um, and it also sort of sits on the trailer all the time as a backup to the BR500. If I, you know, were to ever have an issue, I've got that smaller blower there uh, locked up in the trailer to use. Um, so that's uh, uh, pretty much my caseage. Uh, or I think the other piece of uh, residential equipment that I have is the um, is a still a small still uh, chainsaw that I use uh, occasionally, maybe once a year, twice a year, um, when pruning a tree that has larger uh, branches or to cut down uh, pieces of uh, maybe fallen branches and stuff. I've got this uh, still uh, residential um, sort of gas chainsaw, um, so not something somebody would use if they're in a tree service, but for me to use once or twice a year works perfectly fine always starts and you know parts are available for it chains and stuff no problem at the still dealer and uh it works for me so um yeah try to get commercial equipment for your main equipment supplement it um with the stuff you don't use so much uh, perfectly acceptable to use residential um i will say in closing on the topic that if i had to um, do what I do full time with residential equipment, I probably still wouldn't be in the lawn care business. I would have been too discouraged uh, with all the breakdowns and, um, you know, waiting times to get parts and such. Um, and would probably have a big collection of useless, broken um, mowers that I'd be uh, too discouraged or frustrated to uh, probably continue on. And I think part of uh, the success has been. Uh, uh, having commercial equipment for the main stuff for over, you know, these 10 years. 
Um, yeah, so that about wraps it up. Um, so Long Care Nation, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks again for coming and joining me. If you have any questions or comments, please uh, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact and share your thoughts. Um, as always, I'd ask if you find value in this content that I'm providing, I ask that you please take a moment to rate this podcast uh, wherever you get it from, you know, be it on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. Uh, that would really help out um, as it gets the sort of search rankings up and exposes it to other people uh, that I uh, think it could help. Thanks again for listening, and uh, be sure to join me next week for another episode. Until then, uh, here's wishing you all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business.